Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It is Monday. Monday morning. Monday. Monday. Uh, happy Monday morning to you. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Today is the 30th of January, which, you know, any time we reach the 30th, then I'll just confess to you, my mind sings the little jingle so that I know whether or not tomorrow is the 31st or the first of the next month. Uh, so 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31, except for February, which I have to look up on a calendar. <sighs> there you go. All right. So uh, we are going to have another day of January tomorrow, God willing. Um, but today is the 30th of January. So anything that you thought you were going to get done in the first month of the year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, today and tomorrow. Little uh, TikTok there. <sighs> yeah. If you haven't put your Christmas decorations <laughs> away yet, like I feel like... Today and tomorrow, mm-hmm. like there's an urgency to that. I will confess that over the weekend, I uh, I found, um, well, four Christmas gift bags from my sister to my kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were tucked away in a corner. And um, so I took pictures of them and sent them to her and said, well, the next time that the four of us are all together, I will, uh, I'll have the kids open these gift bags and Sorry, you haven't been thanked yet, but uh, they haven't been opened yet. So there you go. <clears throat> if your house is like mine, you probably understand how this can happen. If your house is not like mine, you have no idea how this could happen. But there you go. All right. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Psalm 96. The opening three verses. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. So there's a couple of directions that we could go today in terms of our conversation about the Growing Your Faith verse of the day. Um, You could really talk about how the gospel message, the good news of the gospel, is for everyone. Like, we could talk about proclaiming the salvation um, of God and the way that it's offered. And we could be declaring his glory among the nations, right? And maybe the nations are now literally at your doorstep. Maybe God has um, engineered things today to bring the world into the company of those who know him. How marvelous his deeds among all peoples. But I want to highlight um, the singing nature of the faith that is described here by the psalmist. So I want you to uh, consider for just a moment how often you sing. Because the psalmist is saying, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, praise his name. And he says, do it day by day, do it all the time. And so I want you to consider for a moment the song your soul would sing today to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You've heard of soul music, right? I want you to consider today your soul music. Do you have a, maybe it's a ballad, maybe it's a chant, maybe it's a hymn 
Maybe it's a, just a jingle. That's all right. Is your song to the Lord today a new song or an old one? Uh, is your song to the Lord a praise chorus? Maybe it's a remembrance of his faithfulness through a rhythm of blues. Does your life song sing to gospel? Like, is it a gospel song? I hope so. Proclaiming the Lord's salvation day after day. Are you singing a love song today? Declaring God's glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds in Christ Jesus. Like, no matter what song you're singing to the Lord today, let it be soul music. Yes, let it be a gospel song. Yes, let it be a love song. And let the whole world hear your life song sing. Sing to the Lord today. He loves the sound of your voice. And the faith of others might be awakened as you declare the goodness and the greatness and the holiness, the mercy, the grace, the steadfast love of the Lord that never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. New every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Oh, God, great is your faithfulness. See, you can hardly help but sing. Am I right? Let's sing to the Lord a new song today. Listening to Mornings with Carmen, I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. All right, this is a Human Trafficking Awareness Month. We want you to have the National Human Trafficking Hotline, 1-888-373-7888, 1-888-3737-888. Joining us today to talk about human trafficking and her own life experience and why she's advocating today, Nicole Abbasino. Um, Nicole, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love for you um, to share your your own story, um, or at least some parts of it. Like, why why is life such a um, compelling issue for you um, as a person, as an actress, as a producer? Um, why is this a passion point for you personally? Um, sure. Uh, very, very uh, long story short, um, I, I come originally from, I, I was supposed to be aborted and um, I was put into hiding after I was born. Um, my parents were married, but my mom had to run away. Um, it was a very difficult situation. So I think there was an, there was an origin to that of what God was doing in my life. Um, but when I was eight or nine years old, uh, the Lord actually used me to help bring down a predator who was abusing over, I think it ended up being a hundred kids, uh, who had be at my school. Um, so there was that situation. God just kept bringing this theme back into my life, you know, with, um, with dangerous situations. And, um, you know, because my mom was a detective my whole life, I feel like there was a lot of danger around me, but there were many times where I've been able to get out of it in situations where I should have been dead or never been seen from again. And, um, I was on a speaking tour and it, it, it occurred to me when I was in yet another situation where I was almost kidnapped and trafficking this one year that I was traveling what about all the girls that don't know what to do and they don't think fast enough and they're not using their instincts and they're not paying attention and they're never seen or heard from again. And my heart just, it was like an automatic switch went on. And from there on in, I felt the need to dedicate my life to this. I mean, this shouldn't be happening. And I wanted to see prevention and awareness 
being, uh, you know, stopping it before it starts. And there are many simple ways for families to implement this. And that was what brought me to this point. I want, um, I want you to share with us some of those safety and prevention tips. Um, but as a part of that, I want you to share with us this five-part series, The Advocate, which is streaming now on PureFlix. You can find it at pureflix.com, The Advocate, um, because in it, you you play a child protective um, agent. Um, you tackle cases that involve sex trafficking, mental health, and the dangers of social media. But every single episode offers safety and prevention tips. So maybe um, read us in on a few of those safety and prevention tips uh, to equip our listeners to equip young uh, men and women in their lives, uh, you know, on this issue of human trafficking, like what to do, how to see it and what to do. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, we didn't want to do a documentary. We wanted to do a narrative entertaining show. And through this show, um, in the hundred cases that we were looking at with human trafficking units and SVU units, I saw certain things and patterns. So episode four, for example, is about a girl um, she, there's a social media predator, um, that's tracking her. And one of the things that she was doing wrong was Snapchat. She had on her tracking app. And I noticed that there were a lot of cases related to this where, um, you know, they, the SVU units were saying it's a problem because the families don't know that the tracking unit on Snapchat, anybody on your friends list can actually track you to the very room that you're in, in the location you're in. That's how precise it is. So that was a big one to me. And I haven't met, I mean, almost anyone I meet or that has seen the show so that they didn't know that. Um, that's a big one. Another one in episode three, it's about, um, you know, she has a online way where she's kind of giving information about where she is, who she's with, but it's a private journal. And then the cops are end, ending up, you know, they're looking for her. They're able to track her whereabouts to help to find her faster um, when there is a problem. So those are just a few of the tips I think that are really important. Um, for me, when I was uh, traveling, and this will be in another season, but when I was traveling and I ended up having to jump out of a moving car, this is my own story. I had already taken a picture of the license plate. I shouldn't have even been in a rideshare, first of all. Like, it's just dangerous. But I had already taken the license plate photo and a picture and sent it to somebody. Mm. And people yeah, aren't I, thinking uh, about that. You don't know who you're getting into a car with. No, totally, totally. I, I dropped my phone the other day and I felt I, I and I couldn't find it. And it wasn't a very long period of time, but um, it was long enough that I felt like, OK, I everybody that I know is on that phone. And I don't I mean, other than like my mom and my sister and my husband, I literally don't know anybody's phone number by heart. Like I there were some things that. I became aware of in a moment and I was close to home and I still had access to my car and all of that, but I didn't have my phone. And so I just, some of the things that you raise awareness about um, in this series, I just think are so helpful and ideas that you offer are so helpful. Um, You know, and it, it certainly applies to the, the next generation, but I think it applies to those of us who haven't spent much time thinking about just how vulnerable we are and the dangers of the world in which we live. We're going to continue our conversation um, here in just a moment with Nicole. Pronounce your last name for me correct, correct, correctly. 
Oh, that's okay. It's Abyssinio, but I always Abyssinio. say God knows my name. <laughs> oh, I know. Abyssinio, but I want everybody to know your name. Um, Nicole Abyssinio. Um, and you can find Nicole directly on all kinds of social media. What we're talking about today specifically um, is her film uh, s- series, uh, The Advocate, which you can find at pureflix.com. We're going to return to this conversation during National Human Trafficking Month. The hotline number, one 3737 You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. You're my defender. We're talking with Nicole Abyssinio. She is the actress who stars in, as well as the producer of The Advocate. It's a five-episode series streaming exclusively on Pure Flix, but you can check it out at theadvocateseries.com. Um, and it sounds like you've got more um, more planned. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't believe the response of the show. I mean, that was our, our biggest our biggest prayer was that, you know, it would, it would reach millions and that people would watch it and they've been binging it. And it's been, it's since it came out at Christmas, it's been trending in the top, top five or top 10. And I'm just so grateful that the word is getting out. I really am. I I hope that many lives are changed, but the show's also about the Holy spirit um, and those gifts and those instincts. That's what I was talking about. The safety tips also have to do with learning to trust um, that, that, immediate inner voice about a person or a situation and not push it away. Um, especially as women, I think, and girls, we, we, the world tends to get us to, you know, oh no, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It's just a first impression. Maybe it'll, and it, and it usually is what gets people into trouble. If they trust mm. that gut, it will make a huge difference, which is the Holy Spirit. That gut is, is God. Um, Nicole, I have, um, uh, I, I am definitely a trust the spirit within me person and the spirit within me, like I sometimes like has an immediate reaction and response in a, in a negative way, right? To the, to the spirit in another person. I totally resonate with what you're saying. That, that, that might be the most profound um, nugget of truth that could equip and empower people listening right now. Um, because I think the culture talks, you know, speaks in terms of trust your gut, like, but it, it really is the, the spiritual reality of the situation. Um, the world is full of spirits and the spirit that's operating within me, which is the Holy Spirit, definitely has a response when other spirits show up. And it should, and it should trust that. And it, it, I think you really hit on something. I think that that may be because the entire show is about that. This character has that. She uses it. She has these Holy Spirit giftings and she's able to get ahead of the bad guys. Maybe that is one of the reasons why it's resonating so deeply um, with the country. 
Um, I, I know for me, that was a big shift and change in my life when I started listening in terms of protection and, you know, awareness, safety, everything like God wants to protect us. Yeah. And gives us the Holy Spirit um, as an agent to. Um, yeah. So maybe the real secret agent in all of this is the Holy Spirit. Well, <laughs> the title is the advocate. I mean, that I actually, that is what we meant by that. We meant the Holy Spirit when we called it the advocate. That is that double I love meaning. that. <laughs> I love that. That's so fantastic. Um, okay. So you really, um, your life experiences as a child, as a young woman, really inform so much of this. Um, you're just, your own personal story is so profound. Um, and your mom just sounds like a really extraordinary and incredible person. So you want to just talk about your mom for a moment and the gratitude you have for her? Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I would love to honor her with this. So yeah, I mean, she, as a kid, I think it was difficult because she was, you know, very much, oh, it was a revolving door. She was always um, helping and saving the vulnerable. Um, I, I think she didn't want anybody to be, feel the way that she did or to feel that they had nowhere to go. I mean, we had abused kids come into the house in and out all the time. Like if there was no place for them to go, uh, abused women would stop. I mean, she was always helping someone, um, what we call the vulnerable my whole life. And I think that that was a big inspiration, you know, for the show. And, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a little choked up about it because my mom passed away. I found out she had six weeks to live a week before the show started filming mm. and mm. we were filming for, we were going to be doing it for six weeks. So my mom and I together made this decision. My mom said, don't you dare, you know, stop the show. You know, we, you know, she'd done everything for the vulnerable and she said it was important and God really blessed it because I ran to her side afterwards and God gave us double portion for honoring it for the show and doing what God had asked of us on this mission, um, which she was involved in. But we ended up having 12 weeks together, additional weeks instead of the original six that they had said. Mm. So, and she got to watch pieces of it at the end. It was, you know, and I, and I see her in the role, you know, I, I see her in the movements and the, the talking of the character that made me born to play this role. Like I was preparing for it with her this whole year. I was really portraying a lot of her mm. within, within that. And I was never supposed to play that role either. I was not supposed to be acting. I was directing. <laughs> so mm. I was directing and writing and producing. So, I mean, God had that planned. But um, yeah, my mom, I know she's looking down from heaven and just, I mean, she's probably powerhouse. You know, she's just. Right. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. She, yeah. She and the Holy Spirit totally high-fiving right uh, now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has been on fire for this working um, overtime. And I'm just, you know, trying to catch up with him. It's it's all of him and none of us, you know, like uh, like John the Baptist says, all, it, it's all God. All we have to do mm -hmm. is say yes. It's it, that's it. He does everything else. Um, what a delight to meet you today. Could we could we pray for you? Oh, that's so lovely. Sure. Father, we thank you for Nicole. <laughs> we thank you um, that you conceived of her in your imagination at the foundation of the earth and that you entrusted her um, to her mom um, who cared for her in the womb against all odds, who cared for her um, as, a, as a young child and hid her um, from the evils of the world and um, 
and also came alongside others who were experienced abuse. And so, Father, we want to we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the mom to whom you entrusted Nicole. We want to thank you um, for Nicole's life. We want to thank you for all the ways that you have shown up in miraculous ways for her, and now for the way that you are using her to equip and empower um, others to sense your presence and sense the presence of spirits that are contrary to your own. Father, bless, anoint, expand the advocate, this um, this series of, of shows, and Father, everything else that Nicole does. God, just bless it. Bless it richly in Jesus' name. Amen. Nicole, what a privilege to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a great blessing to be here. Thank you for caring about, you know, this issue. It's it's amazing. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. You guys can um can find the series at the Advocate series. Uh the Advocate. Do I have that right? The Advocate. There's a TV in there. The, the Advocate, Advocate TV, TV series. I see. I see that now. The Advocate TV series.com. You can also just go to pureflix.com and check it out there. This is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month, the hotline, if you suspect or you know that human trafficking is taking place in your environment, the hotline number is 1-888-3737-888. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Because I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody All right, I'm just going to take a deep breath. I'm feeling very thankful right now for um, Nicole and for those that she works with. And I'm feeling very thankful for the members of law enforcement um, who are out there today um, protecting little kids and um, men and women from all kinds of human trafficking and those who would seek to degrade and diminish the value of any human being by using them as a commodity of any kind or for their own gratification. Um, So I'm just going to invite you to be praying with me today about this blight uh, on our society. Um, When human beings are not seen as image bearers of the living God, but as something, as anything less than that. When a person is seen as anything less than an image bearer of the living God, we begin to imagine that we can use them. We can use them to uh, make products. We can use them to satisfy our, uh, our own selfish desires. We can use them to advance our careers. We can Yeah, anytime you think that you can use another person for any reason, um, you have turned them into something less than they really are. And if you've ever felt that way, if you've ever felt as if someone were using you for anything, um, let me remind you today of who you really are. You are an image bearer of the living God. You are an image bearer of the living God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God conceived of you before the foundations of the earth. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are precious in his sight. 
And so I just, I just felt compelled to remind us of that reality. And maybe you've, maybe nobody's ever told you that before. Maybe nobody has ever told you um, who you really are. You are a child of God. He is the one who conceived of you. Regardless of the circumstances of your physical conception, God conceived of you in his heart of hearts before the foundations of the earth. He is the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God knows you full well. He sees you right now. He knows the circumstances that you are enduring. He loves you. He knows your name. Um, If you've never turned to him, maybe today could be the day. Um, You can just cry out to him, Abba, Father. Jesus grants us that privilege. And so if you if you receive Jesus for who he really is, the, the, the savior of your soul, and in Christ you turn toward the Father and cry out, Abba, Father, you will find your life utterly transformed. The circumstances may not immediately change, but your life And how you understand and see yourself and live will be utterly transformed. Let me invite you into that today. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Um, One of our regular conversation partners, guys we talk with, is Daniel Bennett. He's going to join us again next. Um, Some some things have happened both uh, here nationally in the United States and around the world um, that are worth talking about at the intersection of faith Um, and the political world, the world in which we live. And so we're going to talk next about um, Jack Phillips. He's the cake baker in Colorado. You know him. We've been talking about him for years. There's been a development in his case. But we're also going to talk about the things the Pope has said related to um, people who identify as homosexual. Um, Interesting, interesting conversations up next with Daniel Bennett. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Our friend Daniel Bennett is back. He serves at John Brown University. He also blogs. Uh, you can find him at danielbennett.substack.com. His blog is called Uneasy Citizenship. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. All right. What's up with the Pope? Could we just start there? Like, I, uh, it's confusing to me that uh, the guy who, you know, many people in the world consider as in charge of the church <clears throat> um, would say something that has simply led to more confusion in relationship to God's design for human life and human sexual relationships. So can you read people in on this? Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, development in a series of developments that a lot of Catholics have already been concerned about, frankly. Um, But simply, uh, about a week or so ago, uh, Pope Francis uh, said something uh, that amounted to he wasn't sure why uh, same-sex marriage was either criminalized or not same-sex marriage, just laws against homosexual relations and same-sex marriage or criminalized or otherwise against the law. Um, essentially saying, you know, you know, it, it may be a sin, but we don't actually criminalize all sins. 
Uh, and so he was just kind of, it seems like he was thinking out loud mm-hmm. uh, on, on some of these issues because the Vatican, he later, or the Vatican released another statement later on where he clarified some of his remarks. But it was interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, as the head of the Catholic Church, uh, with, like you said, uh, a, a very, you know, faithful and attentive audience of billions uh, to make a statement like this. It's hard to believe that this was off the cuff. And if it wasn't off the cuff, what's the larger meaning? But the other interesting aspect is this came just, you know, relatively on the heels of, of the death of Pope, Pope Benedict, um, who had a very different uh, I guess, approach to these types of issues. And so there's a couple of moving pieces here, but it was definitely uh, an eye-opening uh, thing to read uh, his statement. So I think that for uh, for those of us who would acknowledge that um, we certainly don't want anybody mistreated and we certainly don't want um, sexual sin See, I, I'm trying to find out, Daniel. I'm trying to figure out yeah. like how to say this correctly, right? I, yeah. I don't want to see people um, harmed, humiliated, um, because of the choices that they're making. I also, right. as a Christian, want to be very careful that I do not, I do not say that something is good that God has clearly said is not good. Like, right? There yeah. are things that God has declared good. And I want to focus on those things. I want to focus on um, God's good design for human sexual relationships. And that is yeah. between one, I have to use these these modifiers sure. now, biologically male and biologically female, one person in a monogamous marriage for life. Like that's God's good design for uh, for human flourishing because that's the context in which children come and are uh, nurtured in the context of of a family. I mean, on and on and on. And that's the way then civil society is um, is flourishes as well. Like it's it's all an outgrowth of the way God designed it to work. And and one of the reasons that it doesn't work is we have so muddied these waters. Mm. Yeah, and I think this is part of the larger challenge in, in speaking to these issues right now, and not to put words in the in the Pope's mouth, but I'm guessing he agrees with everything you just said. And yet to make this statement in a relatively succinct and otherwise not particularly well thought out way, it really does just further muddy the waters. Plus, it also gives further you know, reason for his critics in the Catholic Church to say, well, we told you, we told you he was, you know, going going to the left and, and you know, to, to theologically compromise on some of these issues. So it is a strange thing because, you know, on the one hand, you know, we don't criminalize things that all things that we should see as, as sinful, that are sinful. Um, but at the same time, like you said, this does muddy the waters at a time that is that is very uh, challenging for the church. Yeah, I um, I actually heard a con- listened to a conversation over the weekend about this. And uh, one of the people commenting on it said, something to the effect of when we fail to simply and clearly repeat God's words, then even if we don't mean to do so, we put words in God's mouth. Mm. And, and I, 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 I felt like, wow, that is a really, really good way of um, reminding myself um, to be very, very careful with how I handle the word of God. And then when I am speaking in a context where, you know, people, 
presume for whatever reason that I'm speaking on behalf of God, right? I'd be very, very careful that I am only repeating um, clearly what God has actually said and not putting words in God's mouth. And I think for the Pope, you know, that's particularly difficult because there are at least some people <laughs> who regard him as like literally God's mouthpiece. So, right. um, yeah. Okay, let's um, let's pivot and have a conversation about um, a few things going on here in the United States of America. Jack Phillips bakes cakes. Well, that's what he loves to do. That's what he should be doing. But for many years, he's basically just been fighting in court. Bring us up to date on what is now happening with Jack Phillips, the uh, Colorado cake baker. Yeah, your listeners, your listeners will remember uh, Jack Phillips from Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, fame, uh, the Supreme Court case a few years ago, uh, dealing with uh, the baker who declined to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding, really ever since that case gained you know, national notoriety, and, and it did, it was a pretty important case at the time, Phillips has really just been spending you know, probably half his time baking and the other half of his time working with his attorneys at Alliance Defending Freedom, fending off legal challenges from other people who are trying to... Uh, really shut down the bakery. Uh, and the most recent development is the Colorado Court of Appeals, uh, the, the, one of the high courts in Colorado, essentially ruled for one of his potential clients who asked him to bake a cake uh, commemorating a gender transition. And I, I think it's important to know, you know, that there will be an appeal, right? The ADF has already issued a statement saying they're going to appeal this. And uh, that this is not the end of this particular battle. But a couple of things are worth noting here. First of all, the legal argument that the Colorado Court of Appeals has uh, focused on is this free speech argument, this idea that uh, baking a cake is a form of creative expression. And this is something that ADF has been really trying to get the court to pay attention to. And this was not a particular legal question the last time Masterpiece Cake Shop went to the Supreme Court. So that in itself is a really interesting legal development, how far the Supreme Court will go in protecting creative expression and the implications of that for these future disputes involving, you know, say, people who object to same-sex marriage as well as same-sex uh, married couples themselves. The, the other issue here is the role that litigation can play in furthering culture war disputes. The person ordering the cake, Carmen, is a lawyer, right? This, this person knows... <laughs> The, the legal world like it's not just it's not an innocent person looking for a cake they're deliberately targeting jack phillips because they they know how he's going to respond and was guaranteed to, to have a legal battle so that's a bigger question probably um but we can take it in any direction you want no that's a that's a bigger question i mean it's entrapment i think uh and yet um the court seems to be just you know, walking in a direction that, um, um, in my view, uh, only only is going to cause this to happen more often in more and more places to more and more people. And it's just sad. I mean, that um, people aren't free to uh, labor in, in creative ways um, and apply their creative gifts to um, some way of supporting their family, right? Like uh, in our capitalist system. Um Unless they uh, are willing to do everything that the culture of the moment um, would require of them, and in in my view, th that that absolutely um, in, in impinges upon his conscience. It would mind and part of 
part of the problem with with this case is, and we can take it back to the original masterpiece cake shop case that ruling was fairly narrowly held if you remember justice kennedy wrote the opinion in that case and he ultimately said well this particular we're going to rule for the baker here but it's kind of a narrow decision because it's really a question of how administration or how procedures were followed administratively it was a pretty narrow decision um the court has had some turnover since then, and it would be really surprising to me for the current Supreme Court conservative majority to look at this issue with, with a similarly muted tone. And so I think you're right. This is what happens when courts aren't you know, particularly definitive in their judgments. It invites issues like this to arise. And for someone like Jack Phillips and other creative professionals that we see in the United States, I think they're definitely hoping for a more forceful and definitive response from the court the next time this comes down. All right. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Daniel Bennett from John Brown University in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand no matter where you go. Download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today. All right. Now, what's the difference between a rosary bead and a crystal? What's the difference between something that a Catholic priest might uh, hand you or a nun versus something that a Wiccan high priestess might hand you? Um, And what if you're in school when all of this happens? Yes, this is a story um, that's going to have legs, I have no doubt. Um, We are talking about a situation. uh, The store is called Elemental Magic. The women involved are uh, uh, Tabitha, Tamara, and Carrie. They are all Wiccan high priestesses. And the school uh, in focus here is the North Catholic High School in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Um, Daniel, what happened here? Well, first, Carmen, I got to say, as a Protestant, you're asking me to comment a lot on Catholic (laughs) issues this morning. And a little out of my comfort zone. That's because the Catholics are making more news today than the Protestants. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all fair I enough. I guess, yes. I guess we usually hog it. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting case, a really interesting issue. Uh, this this uh, counselor, career counselor, asked these uh, women who you know, are Wiccan priestesses, essentially, to speak to a class of students on how to run a business. And, uh, you know, you, you bring in business leaders and business owners to classrooms to speak to students pretty regularly. That's not something that's unusual. Um, But as part of their uh, lesson plan or part of their uh, simulation or what have you, they handed out crystals to students to say, this is what we sell. This will be provided to our customers. Um, Parents were not apparently (laughs) informed that this was going to happen. And so uh, they obviously, for I imagine reasons your listeners can you know, understand, complained to the school and the counselor was ultimately let go from that position. Um, and they, actually the diocese in North Carolina also got involved. Um, so this raises a whole bunch of issues. Obviously, as the school is a Catholic school, they can hire and fire anyone for, for really any reason. Um, they don't have to worry about, you know, saying, well, is this religious discrimination or personal discrimination for dismissing an employee for this reason? That's not really the question here. Well, I think the larger question is, you know, the role that, that we place on items in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. How we determine whether an item has significance. And again, as a Protestant, I feel like I, this, this is a somewhat foreign conversation to me, but you're right. Uh, items that have been blessed by the Pope or 
items that have a particularly religious significance uh, because they were in the presence of someone or something. Some of those things for Catholics are essential and, and totally acceptable. Other things with maybe a different mystical significance are completely out of bounds. Um, I, it's a really, yeah, this is, this is, I'm so glad you went in this direction because this is, I think for me, the stimulating portion of the conversation. Um, I have been to Eastern Europe, so I'm very familiar with like iconography, like, right. These icons that, um, Mm. people use as a, uh, as a assistance in worship, maybe is the way that I will describe that. Um, I am familiar with people who, uh, really feel like they can only pray if they're wearing their prayer shawl or their prayer skull cap. Uh, I am familiar with people who do use prayer beads that they don't consider rosaries, talismans of other kinds, um, the knotting of uh, of the edge of a of a robe, um, and and a number of knots uh, in relationship to certain prayer practices. And so, um, yeah, there's no scriptural, um, basis for using prayer beads, which, you know, uh, the rosary would be a set of prayer beads. Um, the word talisman has come up. Um, and so I just think that, uh, it, it is a good conversation for people to have, like, um, and also the conversation about priests and priestesses. I, I suspect that one of the reasons that the counselor didn't really think twice about having these priestesses come and speak is that the counselor maybe hadn't given a whole lot of thought to the significance that the Catholic Church places on priests, hard to imagine, but um, because we do live, well, because we live in a country where, by and large, because it's mostly Protestants, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. Like, mm. and we don't think that, that Wiccan is like real and we don't think that satanic practices are particularly like like well it's not really spiritual like we we have disregarded the power of other spirits and these people are clearly accessing the power of other spirits and then they are bringing things in this case crystals little stones and passing them out to kids and that really invites that spiritual power into the pocket of every kid i I, it's real to me I'd be upset. No, I, I get, I get that. No, I, I totally get that. And it is one of these major differences between you know, uh, you and me, and and I imagine a lot of your listeners as Protestants and our brothers and sisters in in the Catholic Church. Uh, not all of, not all Catholics, obviously, but uh, you know, if this were if these were my kids, and this was say a public school, you know, career counseling session, and they brought in business owners who happen to hand out these crystals. And my wife and I might look at him and be like, this is silly. We don't want our kids having this because of the connotation, but we would just probably throw it away. Um, but, you know, the article that you passed me, you know, the, some of the parents actually felt the need to cleanse the home after mm-hmm. it was brought in. And so they were saying prayers to, I think, Michael, the archangel to <laughs> essentially protect and strengthen the, the physical domain of the home against this, what they consider to be this evil presence. Mm-hmm. Um and it, yeah, it's just a fascinating difference among traditions, and I, I think it honestly shows the. It is it is foreign to me, but it, it does show to me the beauty of the diversity of the body of Christ. There is nothing scriptural about an item having you know this type of significance, at least as far as I'm you know aware. Um, but there is something to this that that uh, these items can ha- play a pretty significant role in in spiritual. 
uh, access and warfare in certain ways, particularly when when uh, used in the ways that you were talking about. So, yeah, it is a really interesting conversation. Um, and, and it does hit on issues that as Protestants, we might not be particularly, you know, for it might not be particularly re- foreign or relevant to us. All right. Somebody has texted in. Yes, I do need oh. a good Catholic in my pocket um, to talk with. And so uh, if you've got one in mind, you can always text me 877-933-2484. Um, somebody else has texted in, dream catchers, question mark. What's the difference in talking with dead people versus praying to or through saints? Yeah, I, I do think that we have hit on um, some interesting questions here this morning. Yep. Um, so Daniel, thank you so much for just helping us enter in um, to the conversation. Uh, you know, I think this is you know, really what the show is about, right? Like what's happening out there in the world? How do we start the conversation? Where do we roam around in the conversation? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you think that there's biblical evidence for these things, I'd love to hear from you uh, in the text line as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. 877-933-2484. That's Daniel Bennett. You can find him at John Brown University, the Uneasy Citizenship blog. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Okay, now I got to do like cleanup on aisle nine or whatever aisle we're on right now. First of all, uh, Mary Rose, thank you for texting in. Uh, she says that uh, she would be the good Catholic in our pocket uh, when we need one. So thank you so much. Um, and uh, and somebody else texted in, you know, what did you mean when you said there's no scriptural basis? You know, what about spiritual warfare? Yes, 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 absolutely. I absolutely think this is spiritual. I absolutely think we're called to spiritual warfare in relationship to this. And the first of that is awareness. The point I was trying to make is that there is no scriptural evidence for nor reference to prayer beads or these kinds of talismans. So that was uh, uh, just important to clarify. All right, we got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. And, you know, yeah, full of all kinds of this conversation going forward. You can text me 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.